Hello, my name is Eva, and I hope that all of you who, like me, are enjoying a holiday week, are having a fine time with family and friends. Welcome back to the concluding episode on the two-part series of Amazing Adventures. In this series, we have explored the life of the adventurer, wanderer, and sometime warrior, Margaret of Beverly. Last time, we left off as Margaret fought in another battle, but at this time on the winning side. After the victory, she, alongside others, availed herself of a few items taken from the bodies of the enemy, the soldiers of Salahaddin. But these items which she carried would land her in deadly danger. From the Principality of Antioch, Margaret continued her adventure, intent on visiting Tripoli. But on her way, she was captured again by Salahaddin's men-at-arms who recognized some of the trinkets, including a knife that she carried. These trinkets were items taken from Salahaddin's dead soldiers at Antioch. For all the perils that Margaret had faced, this was the most dangerous of her life. She knew no language other than English and could not explain herself. But her captors knew a little English, and her sentence was translated and made known to her. She was to be executed. In heartbreaking despair, Margaret cried out for the Virgin Mary to protect her. And this, according to her biography, saved her. For when a pious man amongst her captors heard her utter the Virgin's name, Mary, or Mariam as she is known and venerated in Islam, Margaret was pardoned and set free. There is no way of knowing if this really were the true circumstances of her pardoning. Some historians speculate that the trinkets Margaret had on her were simply small things for daily use, such as a spoon or an eating knife, and were not trinkets or valuables taken from people of note. We may never know why she was pardoned. We may never know if it was because she cried out for the Virgin Mary. That certainly is a narrative that suited her brother, who was a monk, and author of religious texts. What we do know for certain is that Margaret was free again. And this is where I claim that at heart, Margaret was an adventurer. For instead of returning to the relative safety of Antioch or finding some other safe haven, Margaret simply continued to travel around visiting holy sites until she finally made her way to Accra, another crusader state, in 1191. By this time, Richard the Lionheart's forces had arrived in the Levant, 
and following the peace that was agreed upon between Richard and Salahuddin in 1192, many crusaders sailed back to Europe, and amongst them was Margaret, finally able to travel on a vessel rather than on her feet. She arrived in Spain and visited the pilgrim site of St. James of Compostela. Then she traveled to Rome and marveled at the holy sites within that city. This was a woman, battle-wounded, captured twice, almost executed, who still wished to see for herself all those places that she must have heard about or seen paintings of. We know that she could read, for her biography recounts her reading from her Psalter, and I imagine her reading the inscriptions on church walls, marveling at marble sculptures, and retelling her adventures to a rapt audience. From Rome, she travelled to France, and it was here that she learned that her brother, Thomas, the boy she had brought up herself, lived as a monk near Beauvais in northern France. It must have been ten years or more since last they saw each other, and when she arrived to see him at his monastery in Froimont, her brother Thomas could hardly recognize her. He scarcely knew me. I told him the name of our mother, also of our father. You see in me the only daughter our father had, why do you hesitate any longer? It was Sybil who gave us to the light of day. She was our mother. Holno was our father. Then he believed me. We burst into tears together. I told him my adventures. My story had him break out in sighs. According to Thomas, he entreated Margaret to give up her uncertain life on the road and instead choose a more quiet existence. We do not know how persuasive Thomas needed to be. But if he had to entreat her to become a nun, it makes me think that it was not her first idea. But perhaps a calmer life eventually appealed to her. Whenever I imagine a medieval walking pilgrim, I cannot help but think of the state of their limbs in general their legs and feet in particular. Margaret had suffered beatings during her first captivity, had endured hunger and dehydration. It is not above the realm of possibility that she, even in her thirties, was physically worn. And though I have focused on her sense of adventure, her religious faith was deep and real, and the life as a nun may have been something Margaret truly wanted. It may have been an adventure she truly wished to go on. With the generous financial help of Louis, Count of Blois, who provided her with means that she could donate to a convent, Margaret entered the convent of Montreuil. This convent, founded in 1136, had, by 1190, grown to be a large establishment of over 300 nuns. I imagine that in such a popular place, attracting nuns from all over the medieval world, 
Margaret could brush up against other women who, like her, were cold to the cloth late in life and with whom she could exchange colourful tales under cover of working in the herbal garden without being detected. We know nothing more of Margaret after this. Her biographer, her loving brother Thomas, followed the monastic custom of the time in not releasing his manuscript of his sister's life until after her death and it served as an elegy for her. Margaret died either around 1210 or 1215, dying quietly at the convent. But what a life she had lived! A sister who inspired a brother to write a biography of her that is penned with the greatest of admiration. A woman who travelled across the known world of the time and saw such marvels that even a modern tourist could envy. And in ordinary woman who through her adventures lived an extraordinary life. I hope you have enjoyed this account of Margaret of Beverly. Until next time, I have been Eva and thanks so much for listening.